Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. About once a week, and it's amazing because there are always perks available, like deals on free food, free delivery. You could always find new restaurants. They're always adding different things in your area, and it's delivered to you. Contact free delivery or curbside pickup are options. The best food in Chicago right to your doorstep. There's no handoff required. Also, with the perks that are available for you, you're always saving money. Order with Grubhub and enjoy perks from your favorite restaurants today. This is time that matters. A window of time to help protect the ones you love. Your preteen benefits from staying up to date with their well visits. This is your window of protection. Schedule their well visit now. Brought to you by Merck. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey Ed Itchy in Idaho, yes, the Culligan high efficiency water softener will make that thing so soft it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. A radio.com sports station. The Score! Hour on 670 The Score is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Hour two of Inside the Clubhouse rolls on. He's Bruce, I'm Matt, and I totally remember this guy. Uh, our next guest joins us on the Alpermonte Ford hotline. Alpermonte Ford is in Melrose Park. You must have a um, memory like an elephant, Matt, to re- be able to remember a year, a whole year ago. As uh, we bring in our good friend and the, uh, the the manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Joe Madden, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse today. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for uh, taking some time out. We're looking forward to this. Of course, and uh, good morning, guys. Uh, and I'll meet you tonight at Steak 48 for a nice steak dinner. Let's do that. <laughs> That sounds great. That's absolutely fantastic. Joe, uh, getting getting through the COVID year of 2020 and mm-hmm. uh, the bubble that was created for baseball, first of all, I'm, uh, I'm shocked that more people aren't uh, 
giving Major League Baseball and the people in it and the teams more credit for being able to get through this and uh, the very low number of cases that were positive and people able to to get through with this. Uh, as far as your team and your situation, what were the biggest challenges? Well, you're right. I mean, I, I don't think uh, the MLB and the commissioner's office has gotten nearly enough credit for this. Uh, we had some illnesses before guys got there, but once they got there, um, everything kind of settled in. Um, I think there's a lot of self-discipline uh, regarding baseball players and, and how they uh, get into routine. And so the difficult part, I guess, was adjusting the routine. Um, we had to spit every other day, uh, which was better than having something stuck up your nose, obviously. So the, the method they chose uh, made it more amenable to everybody. Uh, the distancing component, our clubhouse, for instance, I was in one of the suites down by our dugout. My coaches were lined up by the cross, and then the players had these suites up, up in the second deck. Uh, each player had a suite um, so that they were able to distance themselves that way. And then, of course, that utilized the clubhouse to get dressed. So that was all Billy Epler. Billy came up with that idea. So it permitted us to um, play along with the uh, rules in place, um, the procedures, protocols uh, we got used to. They were annoying. But then all you started doing is holding your spit before you got to the ballpark and then spit it up and go in because sometimes if you got that dry mouth, it takes forever. So it's all about getting into a new routine. And, um, and once we established that, honestly, not so bad. Joe, have, um, have really valued all the baseball conversation through the years. Love how curious and passionate your baseball mind is. And I'm wondering in this weird little tiny sample size of a season with a brand new club, what did you learn? What, what did you add to you know, your, your enormous book of, uh, of knowledge in terms of baseball? What, what did you learn this year about the game or about the modern player or, or whatever comes to mind? Um, okay, whatever comes to mind, uh, I just I, I really, really want to have the angles and we're working on it right now um, be comprised more of some old school tenants combined with the new. Um, I really want real baseball being taught again. Um, I want us to be able to uh, lock in and participate in a variety of different games, different methods. In other words, not just trying to hit the home run, uh, not just trying to throw an elevated fastball, uh, not talking about taking walks. Uh, always worried about somebody getting thrown out on the bases, et cetera. I, I really, and I've said this a thousand times, I think, or maybe it's a thousand and one, I really want to preach the liberal arts component of this game. Um, I, yes, I still want analytics, but I want it put in its place. I don't want it just to be the overriding factor in, in baseball. I think that's what's gotten us into this uh, situation. Although the playoff games have been interesting because I think, and I give you guys credit, they're all playing hard, man. It's, it's a real-looking baseball game. If you're watching on TV, you can't tell that there's nobody in the stands. And that's a credit to everybody playing those games because it's not easy to go out there and self-motivate like that, regardless of what anybody wants to say. It's true. Um, so I'm really impressed with that. Uh, but moving the game forward, um, what's really noticeable to me also, I watched a little bit last night, is time between pitches. And that's where pace matters. And that's where I like the yeah. clock. The, only, the, one, the one thing I like or wouldn't mind is, is uh, uh, that being instituted, whereas some of the other things taken away. Um, but I, I also think uh, uh, to move this whole game forward, a more traditional method of play should and would, I think, uh, attract uh, more uh, a variety of different kinds of fans where the ball's put in play, athleticism is noticed, et cetera. Uh, I'd like to see it get back to that. So that's where, I'm, that's where we're moving with the Angels. 
You know, Joe, it's interesting. You're walking back a little bit of uh, metrics, even though I know you're a, a very firm and strong metrics guy that uh, mm-hmm. that has really strong ideas about how they're used. And we're the, the great story in Chicago right now is the consideration of uh, Tony La Russa uh, possibly being offered uh, the Chicago White Sox job at age uh, 76 mm-hmm. to uh, manage next year. Your your relationship and your time with Tony this year, I know you had from early February until about March 8th or 9th when baseball stopped to uh, talk to Tony on a regular basis, him being a part of the Angels along with you. And uh, what, what, what are your thoughts about where Tony La Russa is as a baseball man in 2020? Well, first of all, he and I had a great relationship, and it was well beyond that. I mean, yeah, we, we were, like, together every day in camp and uh, and constantly, I don't mean, like, sometimes, constantly throwing thoughts back and forth. Uh, I don't care. You talk about hitting, bunting, opposite field, pitching, first pitch strikes, uh, location, defense, house, I mean, everything, just name it, including analytics. Um, and I'd love, you know, honest, Tony 76 gives me more years doing this, which I would dig. So go Tony. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, his, his, his method of thinking is contemporary, but it is laced with um, old school tenants. And I think that's the right way to do it. I do. Um, and he obviously has some experience and he knows how to win. And trust me, the fire is alive and, and, and burning uh, hotly. Uh, we had, we had some great conversations. I don't mean good. And I learned a lot from him and I'd like to think he took some things from me. Also, we have a lot of common friends. Um, that would be intermingled into the conversation. Also, uh, we've talked about how we had done things in the past and present, and he's got, he's one of those dudes that's dripping with common sense. And I love that. I mean, that's what I've often said with, uh, about Gene Mock. Uh, that's what I, one of the things I got from Gene was, God, he could reduce it so quickly and get to the essence so easily. And that's what Tony does. Uh, and believe me, man, there's no, uh, don't let the, the number fool you, uh, boys and girls. This guy's totally engaged and into it. So I'm, I'm watching. I haven't spoken to him. I really haven't. Um, I've been talking to everybody else. I'm just trying to help and you know, I'll get this thing together. But I'll get back to him and we'll get together. But I, I'm a big fan. Hmm. Do, you, do you suspect that he would take this job, this White Sox job, if it's offered? It's an awful good one. Honestly, I, I swear I don't know, Matty. I, we haven't even that, – when that came up a couple of days ago and I talked to Bruce about it, I had not even heard anything about that. And, um, and Tony has not called me at all, uh, not even once. Uh, so I've, I've been uh, inclined to give him a blast, which I will pretty soon. Uh, but I've been following it closely. And, you know, Jerry, I love Jerry too. Jerry and I become somewhat of friends um, just through the winter meeting, sitting down, having lunches with him and, and his boys down at the Triangle down there by uh, Gibson's. Uh, uh, really, I just enjoy all that kind of stuff. That's, like I said, a larger version of where I'm living right now, Hazleton and Sugarloaf. So, uh, I, I just wish them nothing but the greatest success. Jerry's wonderful, and I, I've really grown up to like Tony a lot, too. So age. Uh, nobody knows about managing at different ages more than you do. Mm-hmm. You did it in the minor leagues as a very young man. You did it in the major leagues as a middle-aged guy. Now you're uh, trending toward your 70s and still managing at a high level. What are the challenges for a manager including age, but regardless of age, as far as pacing himself. I, I don't think anybody paces himself better than what I've seen you do with the Cubs over those five years as far as having outside things that you did, um, not not 
taking baseball games home with you uh, every night, uh, turning the switch back on when you t- walked into the ballpark. What is the mechanism that Tony La Russa would need to do to manage, not necessarily at the chronologic, chronological age of 76, but uh, just the wear and tear factor of what baseball can do to you uh, at for 200 games during the baseball season? Um, three things pop, uh, remaining contemporary, creating balance and a, a real healthy routine. Uh, I think that's the three things with me and uh, the contemporaryism. I, I learned that from Jimmy Reese. Jimmy was in his eighties and nineties and he was still uh, coming to the ballpark every day with the angels and everybody gravitated toward him. I mean, uh, Abbott, Langston and Finley could not get enough of Jimmy as well as everybody else, he, Jimmy and I were like good friends. And, and he was very encouraging to me as a young coach growing up. So Jimmy was always remained contemporary. Sense of humor remained contemporary. So you have to understand what's going on right now and adapt and adjust. And then while you do that, you could absolutely incorporate tried and true that you've done in the past. But uh, I think that's big balance. Like you're talking about, man, I, uh, I've taken games back home, and only when I really think I've had an awful day. It has nothing to do with players, because if a player screws up in a game, nobody feels worse than that guy. And what he needs, he needs your support. He needs good words. He needs, he needs honesty. Absolutely, he needs to hear it straight up. But he, he needs your support um, as much as anything. And and that's that's the one thing um, I think is absolute balance, man. I have my workout routine. It said, let me get into the routine now too. But the workout and everything else, diet which is part of your routine and sleep. I mean, for me, I've really readjusted diet, exercise, uh, sleep patterns. And quite frankly, like I'm actually drinking like zero alcohol beer right now. And it really curtailed the wine. I mean, I like to wake up with a clear head. I guess my head's always clear. But it's a routine (laughs) thing. So it's contemporaryism, it's balance and it's routine. Um, And and then, okay, let's go the other way. Springsteen just brought another album out. He's 71 and the stones are still doing it. I'm seriously, I look at stuff like that. Uh, and that, that creates motivation for me. Uh, so if I uh, create, if I remain contemporary and understand what's going on in the world today, and I create, maintain balance in my life, and then I, I really work hard on a routine that requires me to be self-disciplined, um, and, and admit the last part is probably that you'd still dig it. I mean, you got to want to do this. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just can't think you want to do it. You can never just do this for the money because that'll just absolutely go away. Um, you have to really, really want to wake up and do this. And maybe that might be the most uh, overpowering component of it. But if you're able to fulfill those thoughts, hell yeah, you could do this. You know, obviously, God blessing, willing, with good health. But that's part of the routine, uh, trying to do the best you can with that also. Springsteen got an emoji, Joe. I think, uh, you know, you need an emoji. Getting Somebody get Joe Madden an emoji uh, out there. Uh, what would that be? That'd be driving and driving a... And I got, I just, I got out my 56 Bel Air. It's been back here. My God, does that thing run good? So I don't know, maybe driving a, a, a car like that. Actually, and I got like a little preview on Springsteen's new album. It's pretty, pretty sweet. Oh man, name dropper, name dropper. Speaking of name dropping, uh, did you talk to to your guy uh, David Ross this year? I thought a lot of challenges oh, yeah. for David Ross. I thought he did a terrific job. Did you? How, how much did you guys have a chance to talk during the course of the year? Often, often actually, you know, before a lot of texting and then the phone calls. Um, you know, David and I are in, in linked forever. Uh, I just, uh, there's so much uh, respect going back and forth. Of course, he's going to do a great job. I mean, he, as he continues to do this and, uh, 
you know, gains more feel for different situations. Uh, none of that surprises. When you catch him caught as long as he has and uh, pretty much was uh, running some clubhouses himself, uh, it, the, the transition would then be he just, you know, I think as he gets a little bit older and, and then uh, gets away from guys he actually played with, it's going to become somewhat easier, actually, because um, I actually, in a weird way, did that. Not that I played with him, but when I first managed, I was 27, and I had 24 and 25-year-olders on my team. So there's, you have to create that little bit of a gap. It helps. Uh, but David, uh, David knows the game. Uh, David commands respect, great personality. And one of the bigger parts of this job is to be able to uh, relate and, and, um, and, and be thoughtful and express yourself well media-wise. And he does a wonderful job with that. So, yeah, we, we talk often. And I was really happy for him and the group. I mean, I know it didn't end the way they wanted to, but uh, David's going to be really good for many years. Joe Madden joining us on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes on a Saturday morning. And Joe, the Tommy Listella story is fascinating. You helped continue and, and save his career uh, back when he was with the Cubs and uh, walked away from the team for a while. And uh, I know your conversations with uh, Theo Epstein and um, with uh, Jed Hoyer helped bring him back in a situation where a lot of people questioned it. And then you see the success that he's had recently, and he was with you for a portion of the year before he was traded to Oakland and became an important player on that team. How does Tommy Listella go from a starting player in Atlanta to a role player with the Cubs back to a starting player and now uh, – from my intel, teams like the Cubs looking to make him an important addition to 2021 as to what they want in a ball player going forward. Amazingly sought after. Um, yeah, when, when, when I first uh, got to know Tommy, and you know, we actually talked in the wintertime uh, often via phone and actually invited him back here to one of my events. He was here with him and Joe Namath were the headliners for one of the winter events. Um, I loved my conversations with Tommy, very thoughtful very thoughtful guy, uh, kind of an on deep side. He thinks things all the way through and he does not say anything, anything lightly that has not been uh, thought all the way through. And I've always appreciated that about him when he had that problem with us. I mean, the guy sincerely did not want to leave that group and he was going through some internal turmoil and I think he was 26 at the time, maybe something like that. And I just, I think a lot of times when you become a grown up, you forget what it's like to be that age and you forgot all the, different thoughts you had in your head and how confused you actually were. Um, and so we don't, we don't process all that all the time, but you know, I, I know what my age is, but believe me, man, I'm back here now. And I, uh, I remember clearly, uh, all the screw ups I had back in the day or how many times I, I didn't really know what I thought he went through that moment and he just, re- it just required us to be understanding. And, and the biggest thing there would then be that the teammates understood also so sometimes, um, that could be an issue. So he goes away and makes it started. He needed to be that guy with us because we were kind of fulfilled everywhere else. And he, he handled that role beautifully with the Cubs that he did there. But then he gets to the Angels and kind of like got bigger and stronger. He really dedicated himself to the weight room. Um, and he got, he's just stronger because when we had him, it was hard to keep him on the field often enough because things would break down, but they don't break down anymore. And again, here's a guy that also has established a great routine power, man. I mean, that's not a, that's not a joke. I've seen it. It's, it's there. 
Um, so he goes to Oakland, does well again, and he's going to be sought after. So he just went through like the normal transitions or transformations that we all did at that particular age, doing it on a big stage. You have to be understanding. And I love, love what he's done and what he's doing right now because we still are very good friends. We stay in constant, uh, I want to say constant contact, but we're, we definitely uh, interact. And I'm, I'm really happy for him and his family. It's a really nice story, and uh, and he's a really yeah. good bat, and he's the kind of bat that the Cubs need. They, they I got to tell you, Joe, they in the playoffs, they looked a lot. Mm-hmm. Those Cubs problems offensively looked a lot like the Cubs problems in past September's or other postseasons. A lot of fans noticed and would tell us, so like, hey, maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't Madden's fault. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> do, 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 do you look back and feel like any of those offensive issues were pinned on you? Because they're still here. They're still here, Joe. Oh, not at all. I, I, honest to God, I don't. Um, um, if that's the case, I didn't even read that. I didn't know that. Um, and how could it possibly be that way? Um, no, uh, it's, it's all about players. And it's not about coaches either. And it's not about philosophy. It's about players. Um, players have to make adjustments. And part of it is the methods that have been taught in the more recent past where it's pretty much all or nothing approach. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the thing is, if you see teams like Houston being able to grind out at bats and Put the ball in play. Look at the base hit Springer had yesterday, for example. Uh, it's just that part. Um, and again, a part of that could be compensation. I mean, what are you going to be compensated for? You can just getting compensated for homers and strikeouts are okay. Try to get a walk. Um, all this is interconnected. And a lot of that's not spoken about enough. Uh, the guys back there, uh, listen, we won a World Series together, man. And I think actually the youngest group that ever did. So, and before that, just roll back the tape to 2015 and look at that group that almost got it done, but ran into a really, really hot and good um, Mets staff. And then the next year, uh, listen, there's nothing to lament. Those were really good times, and it's going to be difficult to duplicate that in a 162-game season. Don't forget, this was 60 games this year. It was a different look completely. Um, so in order to, I think, and that's what I was talking, I think, originally about, is to uh, bring back more tried and true methods. And part of that would be hitting approach and giving guys a more complete uh, resume what to do in different situations, having a B-hack, a two-strike approach, utilizing the off-field, uh, bunting against the shift, bunting for a hit, um, all those different things that uh, have to be nurtured in the minor leagues, though, guys. Uh, you just can't uh, – people think that you could just uh, flip the switch and guys that have not been doing that their whole life can do it. That's, that's a bad assumption. That's not the way it works. So for a, for a team to really uh, generate and grow and, and present on a major league level, guys that are able to do all the things that the fans think are easy to do, that has to be done in the minor leagues first because it's almost, I don't want to say impossible, but it's really difficult to teach that, that old dog kind of new tricks on the major league level where they're exposed daily. Uh, they, they, don't, they're, they are trying not to suck. They don't want to embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. So you ask somebody to do something new or different under those circumstances, it's not easy. Joe, in closing with you, we only have a few seconds left, but uh, we appreciate you joining us so much. Uh, How much should uh, a team like the Cubs or the Angels relate to the 60-game season as to evaluating their players and trading them or not or adding or not? How how viable is 60 games to uh, player uh, evaluation? Well, that would be like playing in April and May and then just trying to evaluate what you got. I mean, with us, we were, we were having the Angels. Uh, we had for a bit there the best record in um, September. We were like 14-6 and six or something like that at one point. And then we lost the first game to the Dodgers, and then I just didn't play anybody after that. But the point was we were getting better. We are getting better. But you, 
the finish line was two months. We all knew that. So I, I would be careful with the evaluations in a two-month season. Um, you get started up, you stop, and then you get started up again. You walk in the ballpark, you got all these different tests. You got family issues uh, where, where players are worried about family, even when they just go home. Uh, that's all prevalent all of a sudden. Um, and then there's no fans in the stands. The adrenaline rush is different. Your prep is different. Everything is different. So you, you had to get used to a different uh, method. The big thing was to get to the point, like we've said right now, because the game has a more normal, intense look right now, as far as I can tell. Uh, but yeah, that's, I would be, you just got to be a little bit careful because 60 games, um, really that's just a, that's a smidgen of what a season looks like. And I, I use this as an example, we were getting better and then here came the finish line, uh, where some teams may have broken quickly and they were starting to go in the other direction. So 60 games also illustrates why 162 is necessary. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time out today. Uh, we continue to value you here so much in Chicago. Uh, I know uh, people miss you and uh, wish you nothing but uh, success with the Angels. Uh, have a great offseason. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? And uh, the feeling's quite mutual, guys. I miss it there, too. I love the city, love the folks. Um, and like you said earlier, walking into Wrigley every day was an absolute, uh, that is a blessing. And I was very fortunate to get to do that for five years. You guys be well and best to your families. It, it, thank right, you, Joe. Take care, and, Joe. Thank you. You know, you can you can send on that Springsteen advance. You're allowed to share that. You know? <laughs> I'm not permitted. Don't permit it. <laughs> Thanks again, Joe. Got, gotta ask. Hey, we uh, we we'll continue to talk Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. We're late for a break, very late for a break. So uh, we'll be joining you back with more talk about the Cubs and White Sox. Your calls at three one two six four four six seven six seven. This is inside the clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. It is 670 The Score, 670thescore.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
here to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. And a high fly ball to left. Back at the wall, it is gone. Will Smith, the biggest swing of his young career. That is friend of the show, Joe Buck, there with the call. Will Smith, a home run off of Will Smith last night. Hmm. Bruce Levine, the first time in postseason history that two guys with the same name have ever faced each other. And it's a huge, huge three-run homer in that bat for one of the Will Smith. I was very, very happy for Will Smith and also extremely disappointed for Will Smith after the outcome of that one last night. I guess one of them is legend. Uh, yeah. Which, which was the one that hit the ball rather than the one that threw it. Yeah, it, it's been uh, some interesting theater watching the playoffs, Matt. And I, I want to get your perspective, too, because um, the way that Major League Baseball has structured this, and you and I talked a little bit about this before we went on the air today. The way they've structured these games uh, is just mind-boggling how people have so much trouble finding these games. Once they do, the overlapping of uh, important games in the NLCS and the NLDS, uh, where you're, you're hanging on to the end of a game and you know the start of another important game is going on, is, is just so frustrating. I yeah. do not understand how they can't space these games out more so that you can be able to watch both full, both games in its entirety. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me, and, and it's very frustrating. I, I, I agree. Um, and what they're doing is trying to maximize their primetime ad revenue, uh, and they're doing that at the expense of allowing fans to pop, you know, from, from one game uh, eventually into the yeah. next. And I just assume that everybody's it, in a two-screen situation, which some people it, are. If you're starting at 3.30 instead of 4.30, Matt, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is the ad revenue that different? You know, uh, again, I, I know the continuity, and it, there's no continuity on the stations either because they're on different stations. Mm-hmm. So um, perspectively, I, I just I don't get it. I mean, I know Major League Baseball – executives, if they were listening to this right now, would say, we don't care. Uh, Honestly, uh, we're giving you the product. Watch what you want. We're getting uh, $2 billion for the playoffs, and uh, we are going to satisfy what those particular stations want us to do first. And that's probably just the way it is. Mm, Yeah. You know, maybe it's I think it's that final hour drips into East Coast prime time. And they can get some of that money. So that's why it doesn't start as late as it does. How about the fact that if you're a Braves fan, last night's game, I believe, started at 9.08 p.m. on the East Coast. You're a Braves fan watching with them have a chance to clinch the world, get to the World Series, and it starts at 9.08? It's all about the kids, man. Woo! It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, We always get into that conversation this time of year where – Baseball is appealing to the kids and trying to get them to uh, understand that this is a young man's game and they want the, the youth of uh, America to follow it. 
But at the end of the day, it's all about the ad revenue at night, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, but this this has been fascinating, Bruce. There's so many good storylines. And with the Rays and the Astros, whether it's you know a team that is really likable, like the Rays, and a team that's really loathsome, like it's the Astros, whether it's oh, the run— Oh, come on. Uh, come on. All right, we don't have to go. We talked about it last week. The we run can prevention. do it again. No, it's all right. There's enough. The run prevention of the Rays, <laughs> how they uh, play great defense. They didn't yes. last night. But defense and all the pitching for the Rays and the Astros uh, create so many runs. Those kind of clashes. You got Jose Altuve with the thing, with the Chuck Knobloch, Steve Sachs mm-hmm. thing during the course of a series. And he recovers. And just all these, all these different things. Dusty Baker possibly... With this, this is it a final uh, sip from the playoff? Uh, well, I don't know, but Dusty's having a really having a really good run, and people are kind of enjoying old philosophical Dusty uh, at this point. As, you know, there's there's a lot to chew on in that series alone right now. I enjoy Matt the Darth Vader look that that Dusty uh, shows every night because he's got the gloves going. He's got the mask way up. He's got the sunglasses on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like there is, you know, there is a, a a style to Dusty Baker that's always been there. You know, you you see the sweatbands all these years. You know, he hasn't he hasn't picked up a baseball bat to hit. You know, in in 35 years, but he still has the sweatbands going, right? Yeah. So there there's a tremendous style about Dusty Baker that. That's enjoyable. I, I, I really have always enjoyed that. And for him to be in another Game 7 today and uh, see him come through, I, I understand people dislike the Astros. I know they are the, uh, the, the dark side of baseball these days, but I am rooting for Dusty Baker to go back to the World Series. I, I, I think it's a great story. And it's also a great story, as you pointed out, that uh, only in, with 39 teams – that have been uh, down uh, three games to none. Only one, the 2004 Red Sox, as you pointed out, uh, came back and won a series. And I think that's the the beauty of baseball to see the Astros down three to nothing and being uh, looked by. You know, everybody's talking about Tampa in the World Series, and now you have a game take it all. You know, today. So that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Lance McCullers Jr. and Charlie Morton both pitched in the 2017 World Series Game 7 for the Astros, their opposing starters, um, today. Um, and, you know, it, one more thing on Dusty. Zach Greinke's words about him this week, I mean, Zach Greinke is so thoughtful, and Dusty went out there and talked to Greinke and then trusted him to get out of it. And the way that Greinke talked about it, for better or for worse, that's Dusty. Shades of Russ Ortiz, but this time it worked out really, really well. And um, it, was, it was a very, very cool moment. We, we've, we've got callers on hold, Bruce, and we've got room for a few more in our final segment. Let's do I think, it. At 312-644-6767. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll take your calls. Dolores and Ron and anybody else who wants to hop in, we uh, might have time to talk to you on this edition of Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score, this segment of which is brought to you by Amazon. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. We are here for another few minutes, and then 
It is time for Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum with Saturday Suckage for the Wake and Bake Club coming up at the top of the hour. Got a couple of calls. Should we take them there, Bruce? I think so. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Dolores is in Elgin and is now on Inside the Clubhouse. Thanks for holding, Dolores. What's going on? Hello. I think Dolores we have... in three, two, one. I think we have lost Dolores. I know she wanted to discuss... Uh, let's try again. Dolores and Elgin, are you there with us now? Yes, I am. Hello, right. can you hear me? Absolutely. Go ahead, Dolores. Okay. Last week, Dan Bernstein reported that four years ago, Tony La Russa said he did not believe in players kneeling on the playing field, that players who wanted to protest had to stay in the clubhouse, and that he also didn't believe that Colin Kaepernick was protesting for the players. He was only doing this for himself. I want to know what you think of that report. Mm-hmm. And Dan Bernstein thought that alone disqualified Tony from managing the White Sox. And I wondered how you feel about that also. What do you think, Dolores? I personally think it disqualifies him. The the club is a very diverse, very young. uh, I think that if he hasn't changed his mind, he really is not qualified to manage in this day and age. I um, appreciate the call very much, and um, I'm glad to have an opportunity to talk about it. been sitting in my mind, but it's a nuanced conversation. wasn't sure we'd have time to do it, Uh, Bruce. The world has changed since Tony La Russa even made those comments. We're talking about four and a half years ago, and even since then, and people have had to, to reopen their minds. The NFL has reopened their mind to Kaepernick, to the idea of kneeling, to the idea of conversation. And this is something that Tony will have to address with his team. It's a very socially conscious world, very socially conscious league, and a socially conscious group that, uh, that stood very unified together um, this year, as every ball club did. And those comments from Tony do not sit well with me in 2020. But I give people... I give people a chance to have some conversation and for people to learn and, and listen to their players because that's what this moment in, uh, in, is really about. And Tony has gotten along with a very diverse group of players for the 33 years that he was manager and beyond. So he will have to address that. And that clubhouse, just like Dan Evans was talking about how Joe Torre, some of those guys didn't know Joe Torre. A lot of these guys won't know Tony La Russa, and they will hear about that and that will need to be discussed if it comes up. Well, let me ask you this, and I, you know, well said by you. Uh, I, I think Tony will would and will have to address that. But what what are movements all about? What are what is education uh, about as far as learning about people? Tony has handled everybody and every race of people uh, during his uh, 50 years in the game of baseball and done it rather well. I, I would be very interested to hear what he has to say about that. And I know myself individually, I don't know how you think, Matt, but I have learned a lot of things about myself uh, in recent times and uh, during uh, these times about uh, being uh, more open to things, uh, being real about things, uh, mm-hmm. knowing and understanding another person's plight. Um, 
when you think you're a liberal in understanding of other people, do you really know or are you looking through the wrong lens? So I think Tony should have that opportunity as well uh, to look at, at this uh, four years later and be able to revisit it. I think that's fair. I think even the most liberal people out there have talked about needing to listen and needing to hear. And that's what this moment is. When Tony made these comments, he was not managing a clubhouse where you have to deal with it every day. If he were to come back and manage a clubhouse and deal with these deal with people every day, he's going to have to address it. So, um, yeah, I don't think it disqualifies him myself. um, I I think it's. I think it it means it's an uphill climb for a very young and diverse group, um, and uh, and it's a challenge. It's a sure challenge. If I'm Rick Hahn, I'm making sure that that is addressed uh, very very early in the process. Let's uh, take another call. This is Ron on the South Side on six seventy. The score. Hello, Ron. Hey, good morning, guys. Really enjoying your show this morning. I'm gonna be real quick. Bruce, I like Dusty also, but I love. The way the Rays, they play such clean baseball. Now, I know not in the last couple of games, but I love watching them. So, mm-hmm. uh, guys, you know, talking about the manager, even with, with, with La Russa, um, it, it's all, it gives impression to White Sox. You really think that they're pretty close. But uh, I want you to talk about it. Do you really think they're going to go after a top notch pitcher? Uh, the, the young pitchers, certainly they'll still. Makes hopefully a progress, but uh, they they they're going to need a big pitcher. And then lastly, guys, could uh, Sandy Alomar um, be uh, a possible candidate? He's been with uh, part of the Cleveland Indians uh, coaching, and so he's been close to what I consider probably the best manager, one of the best managers in the game, is uh, Terry Francona. So is it, could he possibly right. be a long shot? Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Actually, Sandy ran and uh, was successful managing the Cleveland Indians this year when Terry Francona was out for most of the year. So that's a great name, and there's a a great relationship that goes back with the White Sox. Three different times he was with the White Sox. I think he is ready to manage somewhere. Um, As far as going after a pitcher, I think 100% the White Sox will be spending a ton of money on a starting pitcher in the offseason only because I think their payroll is at a point where it's pretty well controlled. And I think with uh, Encarnacion coming off, uh, they can throw some of that money uh, toward, toward that as well. So I, I believe that's the number one priority for the White Sox in the offseason. 670, the score is where you are. A lot of textures saying that uh, Tony La Russa had some audio from 2020 doubling down on the Kaepernick stuff that Bernstein played. I did not hear that. I will make myself aware of that but i appreciate the conversation uh and and the give and take that's for damn sure bruce levine it was a fun show thank you to joe madden who was great thank you to dan evans if you missed either of those absolutely worth hearing via the radio.com app and thanks to adam stadzinski uh for producing bruce where can people find you people can find me on twitter at mlb bruce levine also uh on uh the uh website 670score.com i write cubs and white Sox all the time on our site. Matt, have a great week. Enjoy the playoffs. You too, Bruce. Uh, Grody and Rosenblum are next right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.